Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used. We're just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. And welcome to Future Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Juliet Lamar. And joining us today is Stephen King. He is the founder and CEO at Embrex. Welcome. Hey, Juliet. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I'm very excited to have you on today and to share your company with our listeners. Um, first question, why don't you go ahead and kick us off with what your company does and, and what you're you know trying to give out to the world. Sure. Uh, so my background is uh real estate commercial real estate specifically i uh i graduated from the university of denver in 2009 with a degree in real estate and international business and um my my dad is a real estate developer here in princeton new jersey and so i've been around construction sites my entire life uh actually since i was about five years old and uh it was only natural to uh, to study it in school. So I I studied real estate out in Colorado, and then uh, in 2009, as you can imagine, it was a it was a great time to get into any business. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I I found a, a job in commercial sales, and uh, it was on the East Coast, and uh, so I took that, and uh, I worked basically every facet of the of the industry. I mean, I worked uh, sales. I worked uh, entitlements, construction, uh, you name it, pretty much I did it. And uh, fast forward a bit to 2012, and uh, I decided to get together with my dad, and we said, look, you're doing mixed-use development. I'm, uh, I've got some experience in the, in the sales uh, sector, so let's grow out the, the brokerage department. And so we set out to do that. And one of the first things that I realized as we were building the company was that we were paying a tremendous amount of money to access our own real estate data. And we were paying for different portals uh, like multiple listing services. And I, I don't know if your audience is familiar with what a multiple listing service is, but they're essentially a place for real estate agents to go and market property and connect with each other so that they can facilitate a transaction. And there's uh, about 800 of these in the United States and they're, they're privately held companies. Um, but nonetheless, we were, we were getting our data out to these multiple listing services and to these other application providers and trying to move our data from our website out to these systems. And it just, it wasn't very cost effective. So at the time I decided to create an application that essentially would cast the net out into the internet and pull back real estate data that would uh, cut down on our bottom line and potentially give us you know, somewhat of a competitive advantage. And what I realized is that there are a lot of uh, silos and a lot of end-user licensing agreements that prohibit you from taking data. So not even just even public uh, data on the municipal level, which is supposed to be freely accessible, was very difficult to grab and pull back. So 
I, I shut that down and sort of serendipitously around that time, I came across this white paper by this 19 year old at the time, his name is uh, Vitalik Buterin. And it was on a technology called Ethereum. And its premise was, we're gonna take this technology that Bitcoin is built on called the blockchain, and we're gonna add another element to it called smart contracts. And these smart contracts would give us the ability to do things beyond just moving digital currency around the world. We could potentially even transact uh, physical assets like real estate or do a number of different things. So that was really attractive to me. And I really, you know, kind of dove down the, the technology rabbit hole. And as I explored it further, I realized through talking to regulators that, and also reviewing the technology, there was going to be quite some time until we could really uh, transact real estate using this technology. So as I was exploring it, I came into another uh, protocol called the interplanetary file system. It's sort of a mouthful, but it's, it's not as complex as it seems. It's a, it's a, a new way to store and disseminate all information. So the best analogy I can give is today without IPFS, if I'm going to send you an email, Juliet, using Gmail, let's say from my computer here in Princeton, I think I read that you're out in the Los Angeles area. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, perfect. So if I'm going to send this email uh, using Gmail, the path that it's going to take is from my computer. It'll probably stop up in White Plains, New York, and uh, in one of Google's uh, warehouses, and then it'll shoot down to you in uh, the, the LA area. And what IPFS says is, well, that's been great for the last 30 years, uh, but now we have a more efficient way of communicating, meaning we have all these computers in the world, essentially with unused storage and unused bandwidth. So let's actually send that email directly from Stephen's computer to Juliet's computer or the shortest possible route. So what I realized was if we coupled that, that technology, IPFS, with Ethereum, we could really disintermediate the way that we had been disseminating real estate information. In other words, we could take out these middlemen that were uh, causing all of these extra uh, costs along the way, but we could also create, uh, we, could, we could network the existing systems, meaning the, the current, uh, I guess, incumbents or the, co- the current portals, they have a really difficult time exchanging information with each other. And the reason is, is twofold, really. It's standardization, meaning if I'm going to pull information, if you and I are going to exchange information, I've got to make sure that if you call it property address and I call it address, that I can pull that data through and it's not going to break my application. And there hasn't been a widespread adoption of standards in the real estate industry. And the second thing is trust. So if you and I are going to trade data, we've got to be able to trust each other that we're not going to use it in any malicious way. So I tried it. I got the two technologies working together. And it was really 
to benefit myself sort of in the beginning. And then it started to take form over, uh, I would say it was about March of 2016, that I had this proof of concept that a few uh, real estate investors in the UK and abroad had uh, been able to get their hands on. And they said, hey, this is, this is really interesting. So, so it started to kind of morph from a, a, a personal project to an actual company. And it really, over the, the course throughout 2016, as I began to build it out, I, I decided to create this mission to connect the world's real estate networks. So what I wanted to do is the blockchain along, around this time started to to gain some popularity with uh, with cryptocurrencies and some of the other uh, facets that go along with it. And a lot of people were overlooking what I thought was one of the more important elements in what we could do with, with data and information. So rather than focus on you know myself and a company that I was trying to create, I wanted to take this more didactic approach in relaying or exposing the benefits in people and firms and entities actually taking ownership of their, their real estate data. And this is going to happen across every industry vertical, but I just found uh, a way to uniquely apply it to real estate. So back to those, those multiple listing services that I told you about, uh, there's 800 of them here in the United States, and they all, to some degree or another, whether they realize it or not, want to exchange data with each other. And the reason is because their customer is the real estate agent. And if you're a real estate agent in Miami, Florida, you want as much exposure on that property as you can get because you have a larger market and pool of buyers to attract. So, but right now with the current environment, if you are that agent in Miami and you want exposure in San Francisco, you have to join the San Francisco MLS. And so what this would do is it would give the Miami and the San Francisco multiple listing services the ability to exchange data without giving up trust. And the way that we're able to achieve that is uh, through three technologies that we created. And uh, before I Keep going. I want to sort of take a breath. And do you have any <laughs> any questions that you'd like to jump in before I keep? Because I could mumble along, you know, for for hours on this stuff. I'm I'm loving your explanation and and the backstory. You're really building a story for all of us to to understand, you know, where you've come from. And I think it's I think it's super interesting so far because this is something that most people will encounter is is real estate, either buying, renting, either way. Um, yeah, why don't you go ahead and dive into yeah the, what you've created and and how people are using it? Okay, uh, cool. So, th- what came out of all of this is uh, is three technologies, and I'm going to keep it keep it as light as possible. But uh, the the first is what we call the Imbrexer, and what this technology does is it takes a piece of real estate data, it encrypts it, and then it sends it out into this decentralized environment to be stored. Now, when you tell people that, they look at you with three heads because they're like, what does that mean? <laughs> it doesn't mean a lot to, to many people and it, and it shouldn't, right? So the way that I like to analogize it is if you think about today's system, if that listing data, just think of any data, it doesn't even have to be a listing. 
But in this case, we'll, we'll take a one, two, three Apple Street. So in today's environment, what we're doing, if you, if you picture it as a glass jar, we're taking that piece of data and we're putting it in, let's say Zillow's cupboard, or if it's you know Facebook, a Facebook profile, we're putting it in Facebook's cupboard. Um, and they're locking it away and they control it and they hold it. Now, what that does is it gives these entities and organizations control of our information, which indirectly or directly costs us money. So what the Ambrexer does is it says, okay, I'll take that glass jar, but I'm going to smash it on the concrete ground into millions of shards. And we're going to encrypt these shards. And then we're going to send them to computers all over the world. And they're going to be stored in these, these, these cupboards that are all over the world. And it's going to generate a key. And only the person or entity that has that key can reassemble the data. So it gives you a way to store information that's not on your computer. So you're not using up your own space. It's not on Google or Facebook's, uh, you know, in their server warehouses. So you don't have to, you don't have to entrust them. It's actually out in this, this decentralized environment that we didn't have to build. We're just, we're just taking advantage of uh, some work that a lot of smart people have, uh, have done. And so, but the, the second step of that is, okay, well, I have this key, I have data, but what do I, what do, I do with that? And so the, the second piece of technology that we have is called the Librexer. And this is analogous to the padlock that you would put into uh, an application. So if you imagine you, you've got the key to your data, but now you need a way to read it. And so you put this, this, uh, this Librexer into a front-end application. It could be your website. It could be a CRM system that you subscribe to. It could be Zillow. It could be anybody. And so now, let's say Juliet gives uh, Stephen uh, her key to, let's say you've got 10 listings out in Los Angeles. Well, now I can unlock your data. So you're leasing me the key. And so now we've got a way to, to populate it. And you could lease that key to me. You could, lease it, you could lease it to 10 other applications. But what it does is it flips the model where as instead of me or, or you rather giving your information to a platform and you having to pay a subscription for them to hold your data and then I guess for you to really have access to it. What this does is it actually gives the power back to the individual or the entity so that Juliet can come to Stephen and say, well, hey, I'll lease you my key and you either lease it to me uh, for free and I need to provide enough value on the front end, which means I need to, to bring enough buyers or, or attract enough people that want to lease so that it makes it worth it for you to lease it to me. Or I could be a startup like Imbrex, and you could say, well, that's great. You can use my data. I'll let you populate it, but I want you to pay me. And so there's, there's new uh, models that'll come out of this. And, and the last piece of technology that we had built is just the, the front end uh, platform. And this is just, it's analogous or it's representative to all of the, the different portals that you would see today, with the difference being that we're not storing the data um, in essence, the users or the MLSs or the application providers are, and we're just showing it on our front end. So if they want to pull their data, it's sort of like looking at a, a light through a window. As long as the light switch is on, we can show the data. 
But as soon as they turn off the light switch, the, the data goes off, the light switch goes off. So we've built these three. Um, we, I had been pitching it for about three years now. And, uh, you know, the, the feedback has kind of been, you guys are nuts. We don't think that, you know, <laughs> we don't really understand how this could, could really ever happen. And, uh, the cool thing is about two weeks ago, we, we launched on mainnet, um, and we were starting to, to pick up some traction. I mean, it's, we've got a company called Toll Brothers, who's a, a national home builder that participated in the launch and, uh, we're, they're feeding their listings. They're leasing us their key and we're, we're populating their listings every day. Uh, and then we've got, uh, a number of users that have signed up through this ambassador program that we have. Uh, throughout the country. And, and these are just individuals uh, that have been following the project for some time. And most of them are agents, a few are attorneys, but they're, uh, they're going out and they're educating the real estate industry on the value proposition that we're adding. And uh, so they've been able to add, you know, a number of different listings and, and we've been getting uh, signups, but, you know, it's, it's, Sort of like we're we're 1994 with the technology, and uh, I, I don't know if you're old enough for this, but we used to actually call the internet. There used to be a dial tone, and we would literally call okay. up. And uh, I vaguely remember that. Some, I vaguely remember that. <laughs> and sometimes it would be busy, and you you wouldn't be able to get through. Um, so we're uh, we're in the early phases, but we're excited because we we've gotten we've gotten this first phase out the door, and we've got companies that that were skeptical uh, two years ago that over the last two weeks have come back around and said, okay, there, there is much more than the currency component to this technology. And we do see that uh, a lot of the infrastructure, this new layer in the internet is going to change the, the power dynamic uh, with, with where the data starts and how it's controlled. So it's been, it's been a rewarding few weeks. It's been busy, but it's been, it's been a lot of fun as well. Oh, that's fantastic. And and really, you know, giving the power back to to the people and creating this much higher level of security, it seems like a no brainer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, look, in, I, I tell this to my team all the time. I say in five years from now, we're going to look back on the way that we've, we've moved data for the last 30 years and say, why did why didn't we do this the whole time? Why did we just give our information away? Because you know, people don't really realize, and that's been really a difficult thing for, for me over the last couple of years in pitching, because people don't yet know the value of their information. So when you tell them mm -hmm. that they're going to own their data, most people are like, okay, that's great, but what am I going to do with that? But if you tell them that, well, hey, if you, if you actually control it, rather than Facebook or Google or one of these other entities going and selling it for thousands of dollars, you're going to have control. So, so imagine in the 2020 or the 2024 election, with with Trump and whoever else is running, you know, imagine if they actually have to come and get in touch with you and say, hey, we'd like to uh, use some of your your profile information. And you could say, well, OK, but, you know, pay me five hundred dollars as opposed to Facebook, you know, giving that away. I mean, it's going to be it's going to create a whole new e e online economy that's, uh, you know, we can't really predict how it's going to go, but it's it's definitely going to be a cool way to generate income for those that right now are just giving it away for free. And just the privacy level, you know, you you want to know, at least I would hope so, that you'd want to know exactly what your information is being used for and, and how that is benefiting what companies. And I think the people 
are finally starting to realize maybe what what their content is capable of. Yeah. They, yeah. And they, and they are definitely, I mean, they're just starting to, and it's going to really start to, the, the technology is starting to mature enough where it's, it's attracting people that are outside, you know, just the, the technology sphere, meaning it's, uh, you know, a lot of the, the tools have been esoteric to anybody that is not a developer because most people don't want to go figure out how to buy cryptocurrency and pay for things like, uh, you know, transaction costs. I mean, if you think about using the internet today, you can go on to any application and click around and it doesn't cost you anything. But this this new environment, it's got things like, uh, like gas fees where you actually, everything is a, is a transaction. And the reason for that is because it's not one company that has to pay their electricity costs for things like servers. It's actually uh, computers that are all around the world and we're all contributing, we're all paying into this sort of larger pool so that we can keep this network safe and afloat. And so when they first run into an application and they see that there's these transaction costs, it can be a real turnoff. And, uh, but once you can get past that, and we've had to build some of these bridging mechanisms where you can say, okay, well, rather than having to go into the secondary market and purchase cryptocurrency, what we're gonna do is we're gonna explain the value and, and, what, and how this process works, but also we're gonna collect you know, we're going to help you make that transaction. So we'll let you pay 50 cents uh, and then we'll we'll convert that to the cryptocurrency and then just give you your credit so that you can participate in these environments and not have to be concerned about all the other nuances that come along with it. And so there's a lot of infrastructure that still needs to be developed, but um, it, it, it's it's starting to it's starting to show itself. It's starting to come around and uh, it's going to happen more and more over the next six to 12 months. So it's, it's an exciting time. No, absolutely. This is, this is such a great, a great time in our history where, where things are changing and, and people are, are really fluctuating in the way of thinking about these different problems and solutions. And it's a wonderful time to be, to be involved. Yeah. That, and that's the beautiful thing about technology. I mean, it's uh, if you think about just all of human history, it's, to enact change, you'd have to go about it in a, in a revolutionary way, and there would be, you know, blood, sweat, and tears all around. And today, it's you can just log in and, and write, you know, a bunch of lines of code, and just to just to try to challenge any incumbent system, uh, you just have to really use what's in your head, and it, it doesn't have to get violent. And uh, you know, I know there's a with all the craziness that's happening in the world right now, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard because it's every day you wake up and something's in the news and it can be overwhelming and, and it is overwhelming. But if you really, you know, boil it down to, to what it is and where we are, it's, it's actually a really good sign because it means most people, in fact, I would say the majority of people hate change. They don't like it. And for, for good reasons. Um, but when you can, when you have this much change going on, and you're able to uh, participate in it, you know, in it from any level. It's uh, it's just it's really exciting, and it's uh, it's it's quite the the change to anything that you know most people in history have lived through. Oh, 100 percent. All right, so now people are are hooked. They want to start learning more about this. How do people get in contact with you? How do they they start using Embrex? So we, uh, like I said, we launched on Mainnet uh, about two weeks ago, and uh, you can go to Imbrex, I-M-B-R-E-X dot I-O, and um, 
you can create an account. Uh, we take care of the first 20 transactions on every new signup, so it won't cost you anything. And uh, you'll be able to add listings. Uh, we've got some other uh, unique features on there that I would highly suggest that you read about and test out. And then anybody that wants to get in touch with me, uh, my Twitter handle is M, is in Mike, S-T-E-P-H-E-N, King. And then my email is Stephen at Imbrex.io. Fantastic. Well, Stephen, thank you so much for joining us here today on Future Tech Podcast and and really showing us the you know, the future of what we could be seeing with our own data and with real estate properties. I appreciate the invitation. Thanks, Juliet. That is Stephen King. He's the founder and CEO at Embrex. Thank you all so much for tuning in. This has been Juliet Lamar with Future Tech Podcast. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.